your your stress might be kind of ramping up as the day goes through. And then you just go, right, take a break, 10 minutes, do one of the interventions, like the shaking therapy, the TRE that you advocate, which is great, and the tapping, meditation, visualization, hypnosis, um, trauma release work, so many options of things to do. And you can, once you've done it so many times, you can do it pretty quickly and get results in maybe 10 minutes or 15. Hi there, beautiful soul. Welcome to the podcast and YouTube series. And I've got another really nice recovery story uh, for you. And today I present to you Phil. Phil, thank you very much for wanting to uh, to do this interview with me. And to kick off, can you tell me a little bit about your life before you developed chronic fatigue syndrome? Uh, sure, yeah. Um, so I led a very active life, um, quite unconventional. I, um, I had a classic kind of ADD personality where I would push myself very hard, um, but didn't fit very well into a structured environment. So, um, I had a very irregular career, traveled around sort of South America for years and years, and then Europe, um, tried a lot of different jobs, um, a lot of adventure, um, and I guess I kind of needed that adventure to keep the adrenaline high, to, to feel normal. So that was a, a big part of who I was uh, and pushing myself physically. So I would do things like cycle across countries with um, sort of the bags on the back of the bike and the tent and everything and to sleep in the forest. And I was always looking for new ways to kind of push the boundaries and um, step outside of the conventional expectations a bit more. Uh, yeah, that was that was sort of where I came from. Wow, that sounds like a really amazing life, life, to be honest. Yeah, it was. It was. Um, I think it was the way that I approached things that was perhaps uh, stressful to my body. Like I treated everything like life or death, you know, like it had to be right now, had to be the best. I was a very per uh, perfectionist. Um, so even though I was li leaving the, living this incredible life, um, I was always pushing myself harder and harder and harder. And then there was a lot of uncertainty, which came with the, with living outside a system like that, you know, always looking for the next job or the next thing, or not feeling quite satisfied with what I was doing when it was understimulating. Um, so I guess that's where my, my personality was kind of slightly driving my health in the wrong direction for a long time before I got ill. And how, how did, how did that period happen when you developed the, the fatigue? How did your life uh, look like? So it was just at the beginning of lockdown, uh, and I was extremely stressed. Uh, my wife has fairly, she has had lung issues and I was very worried about what would happen to her and, um, my. I, I had just tried a different career, which hadn't really worked out. And I was putting a load of pressure on myself and my anxiety was at an absolute all time high, but it had kind of been ramping up for years. Um, you know, and it had reached just epic proportions of just all day, incredible stress, um, and tension. And I carried on just pushing myself physically to try and even myself out, like going for long runs, going for very long swims. I was doing like swim marathons and things like this, swimming so 10 kilometers 
and really try for testing those physical boundaries because it made it made me feel normal. Um, I think it's quite common with chronic fatigue um, that people are athletes beforehand. Uh, and I went swimming. I did about a mile, which at the time was a relatively short swim. Um, and then the next day, I was completely wiped out. Um, and I thought, okay, it's just one of those things, just a bit tired, kind of slept, rested. Then went and did a big hike a couple of days later, maybe like five to six hours walking or something like this. And then was completely destroyed the next day. And then I th around that time, I just, I think it must have been the swim or the hike. I can't remember which one was the last one. Um, I was just destroyed and didn't get up again, like in bed. You know, I got this aversion to light. I could barely move. My joints were like aching. Um, and I guess my body had just flipped that switch, which was like, obviously the world's not safe. So I'm going to keep you safe by taking away any desire to get out of bed or even look at the, at the light outside. Um, so yeah, I, I was fortunate and I know sort of compared to when you had chronic fatigue, I didn't stay in that very, very desperate state very long. I don't know why I kind of bounced out of it after a couple of weeks. I was still virtually like sofa bound and I could, I couldn't even like do the dishwasher or basic household tasks, but I could get out of bed and walk around the house a little bit. So, um, yeah, I didn't have it as bad as many people or for as long that very, very like bottom stage. And I really don't know why that was, but, um, I guess I was lucky. Um, and yeah, interestingly, my mum had had chronic fatigue, uh, before for like 10 years. Um, and she immediately sort of said, right, this is like the diet you should eat. This is what you need to do to get better. And you should be better in three months. Cause once I started doing this, she, she got better in three months. And I thought, great. And that kind of gave me some hope, which I think edged me a little bit better constantly, but you know, not a lot, um, but a bit all the time. And so I started like, I really cleaned up my diet and started taking some multi-mineral supplements and things. I think this is a, a common approach that people take when they first start, they kind of you know, they don't know what to do. The medical paradigm doesn't offer them any answers. They go to the doctor, get turned away. And then someone who, you know, someone says supplements are the answer. So you say, great, this is my, it's pretty similar to, to medicine, just a, you know, a little bit more maybe functionally minded. So I took that approach and it did actually help. I, uh, I, I kind of, uh, lifted quite a bit of my anxiety funnily enough. I think perhaps I cut out, uh, an allergen. Uh, maybe dairy, uh, which I've been eating basically my whole life. And, right. uh, yeah, so I've been kind of inflaming my, my system constantly with that probably because I was a bit of a cheese addict and, uh, yeah, so it did, it did help, uh, but the underlying personality, which had probably got me into it in the first place was still there. So suddenly like I'd feel a little bit better. Um, and I'd try, I'd, I'd push myself really, really hard. I'd say, right, I need to move abroad immediately. Uh, I'd had to move back in with my family because I just couldn't work. And it was during the lockdown, so it would have been very difficult to move anyway. Um, and I was like, right, immediately I've got energy. I need to go abroad. And then I'd collapse again, you know, and go right back down to the bottom because, yeah, it was like my body was withholding energy, so I couldn't have that anxiety. And then as soon as it, get, as soon as it allowed me to have the energy or... I was able to get the energy. 
my old personality kicked straight back in and drove me back down to the bottom. Um, and I just was very squarely in the kind of medical mindset of it must have been a supplement I took, which was the wrong supplement, or I'm not sticking to my diet like zealously enough, so I need to absolutely 100% keto, otherwise it's not going to work out, right? And uh, I guess it was after quite a long time of doing an absolutely perfect diet, like I very rarely ever broke outside a kind of keto paleo model. Um, I, re I was like, you know, I feel better on keto. I think it's a healthy diet, but I don't think it's the answer. You know, it's been a year and a half. My digestion is somewhat better because I was having big digestive issues. I was just uh, burping after every meal. It was extremely uncomfortable. Um, and it improved a bit with the diet, but I think the diet was like part of the picture, but I thought it was 100% of the picture. Um, so, yeah. And how did you go from there? Did you uh, immediately uh, uh, try some holistic therapies? No, I mean, not really. I I did some counseling, which helped a bit, um, but I tended to just sort of recycle my my thoughts and my existing mindset and just kind of talk, uh, sort of vent every week. And it did help, that venting. But fundamentally, I was the same person that went into the illness, you know, like the same belief systems. Um, so, yeah, I think everyone potentially needs counseling because being listened to unconditionally is like a fundamental human need. And it helps anyone with their health and their mindset, definitely. But I don't think it necessarily trains your if your nervous system's freaking out and is in a state of terror then i don't think just talking about your day-to-day -day struggles and issues is necessarily the the thing that's going to help you out of it um while every every little thing helps perhaps and it pushes you in the right direction is not not like the main thing i guess so sort of i get to take one step back so i was I really framed my life around, I had no energy and I, and I, I remember my mom just saying, you need to just choose some little things you can do in the day and just structure your day around that just to like psychologically get through the day because it was so, boredom was like my worst enemy through my whole life. And then I was being forced into the most boring possible situation of no people around me. It was locked down out anyway. Um, I didn't have the energy to do anything. So. I just set my day around kind of small health practices like doing enemas or doing magnesium baths or whatever it was that was just, I could just about get into the bath and run the bath for myself. And then I was like, okay, I'm taking a step forward. And that, even though perhaps, you know, it's not like magnesium baths or any sort of magic, they, you know, they're, they're perhaps good for you and they're relaxing. So, and it gives you some sense of control over your life. So those little steps, I think, did help me get some structure into my day and just not question too much about what I was going to do. I would get up and I'd be like, right, as soon as I've got the energy, I'm going to go upstairs, run the bath, get in. And that's one step in the right direction. And because like my mom was so convinced that this, this supplements and stuff were going to work, I, I guess I kind of thought on some level, I am going to get better with this eventually because she did. So that I think that kind of helped as well. So I was generally from, from the moment I got the really bad at first, inching towards towards getting better most of the time. And it would be when I'd get, my old personality would kick in that it would drag me back down and I would kind of start again. 
Um, but I was never in a kind of very static, staying the same for ages type of state. Um, and then I guess at some point, some points I would get distracted from all the health stuff. Um, and I remember listening to a podcast from, uh, I, I listened to recovery interviews while I was sort of in the bath and it felt so distant from me. I can't believe I'm really doing one now. It felt like, you know, a completely <laughs> different world. And I thought, well, that's great. Uh, they were really lucky, but you know, that's just a one-off or whatever. Um, but at that time I thought, um, how much do I want to get better? And I was like, 110%, you know, like more than anything. And I thought, what am I doing to get better? How much of myself am I putting into it, you know? Um, and I was like, well, probably putting in 20% of what I could. So I would try and think, what else can I do? What else can I do? But there was like this delicate balance where I'd put sometimes too much pressure on myself with diet, supplementation, and these sort of things, believing if I just got the perfect combination or just the right thing at the right time, I was just going to snap out of it. Um, so it's a, it's a, it was a balance of, yes, I needed to, it was important for me to take the steps, but it needed to be done in a, in a relaxed way because the pressure was the main problem in a way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when did you discover that your personality was sort of the reason why you had all these relapses? Um, think so yeah that's an interesting one i get i think it was doing your course and i had i was very much like not into the mind body paradigm that much i really thought meditation was a was a good thing to do but i didn't do it i was like yeah that you know that would be a great thing to do i know that probably helped but i just kind of kept away from it um and then i got long coat not long covid but i got covid and then it really exacerbated my symptoms. And I was like, from going to relatively functional, I was just sort of back on my feet, going out and seeing people. Life was feeling a bit more normal. This is about a year ago. It just wiped me out. And I was like, back to the absolute worst, you know, on the sofa all day, just like with the TV on, just feeling terrible, you know, feeling like, well, I'm not safe because I'm in this world with COVID. And every time, it, you know, I get this, I'm just going to be destroyed and then have to spend two years building myself back up. And I, so that was my belief. And I thought, well, I can't, I'm not going to try what, if you do what you always do, you get what you always got. Right. And I, and I was like, well, if I just go back to supplements and doing the things I did before, it might take me years more to, to get better. Like I just couldn't accept it. I was just like, I've come too far to go back to square one. So. I started looking around for just different approaches. I was like, right, I'm going to open my mind. I will try anything. Um, I'd already opened my mind quite a bit. It was like a gradual process as I was getting better of going, okay, maybe it's not the NHS or doctors that are going to fix me. Maybe it's this. Then, okay, maybe I'll try this. Maybe I'll try this. And this was like kind of a the last step. And I think that's quite common that people move from, move in this way, you know, and like mind body is the last stop because we see this false separation between mind and body, which we've been kind of programmed to believe where all that psychological, like as if your brain was not part of your body or something, you know, um, (laughs) which is a weird belief, but seems to be common. And so, yeah, I saw your course and it got recommended on a, on a forum and I, 
and I took a look and I was thinking some, some things were really far outside of my, of where I felt comfortable. And I thought, oh, I don't know, don't know how I feel about that. And other things I felt like, hmm, you know, there is something to that. And that I'd seen this evidence that there was some psychology to the illness because I remember one particular day when I was feeling destroyed and I had a job interview just for a short-term remote contract that I could do just sat on my laptop. And I thought, I'm not, I'm not going to have to do it. I'm going to have to cancel. And I pushed myself somehow to get in the chair in front of the, off the camera. And I just turned it on. I just pretended that I wasn't feeling bad. And by the end of the interview, I felt okay. And I thought, hmm, you know, if this was a purely physical illness, that's, that's not kind of how it works. You know, you don't just decide to be okay for an hour and then you're okay by the end of the hour. So I'd had the, I'd had, there was countless little incidents like that, which had happened over the years. So when you started saying, list out your beliefs, how are your beliefs affecting you? And I, I was thinking, yeah, you know, I've got to go all the way with this now and I've got to try it like 100%. I'd, I'd already kind of dabbled with the Gupta protocol, but I didn't find it. It wasn't, I'm not saying it was in any way, not the right, the right thing, but it was not the right thing for me at that time. And it was perhaps a bit limited in the scope where I was looking at just neuroplasticity and trying to see healing a bit more like a hack and just, uh, okay, if I just say, stop, stop, stop. Every time I have a negative thought and change, then I'll be fixed. Right. I think the problem is with that is it, that can be helpful and it can kind of rewire people's nervous systems to some extent, but it doesn't necessarily change the underlying cause, which is, I think you have a very holistic view of things and you've drawn in a lot of hypnosis, uh, trauma work and a lot of underlying work, which perhaps that neuroplasticity doesn't take into account. And I think that really resonated with me that it felt like it was the absolute ground floor of the problem, not just kind of surface fixes or supplements or changing some small chemical balance. It, it was like, why is everything not in line in the first place? And the other thing you talked about was like uh, highly sensitive people, HSP and uh, AD. I think you might've mentioned ADD being related, which I think are two very connected th uh, personality types. And he pointed me to a Gabor Mate book um, that I forget the name of, but it was about when the body says no. Yes. And it was all about how the personality is connected to illness. And I was like, well, that's funny because my mum is in an HSP group. And there's you saying you identified as HSP, I believe, and you think that's a very common personality type for CFS. And then this book saying, that pers different personalities are linked to different diseases. And I thought, hmm, you know, I, I started thinking maybe I'm on something here. And, uh, I didn't see like loads of results at first and it felt a bit, bit like, oh, what am I doing? You know, I'm just sort of listing out beliefs and I'm not taking any supplements and I'm, you know, the things that I had this previous way I'd seen of getting better. Um, but gradually I started doing different meditations. I started doing your, your meditations. I started doing Joe Dispenza meditations. And, um, I was feeling this shift at first I got worse and then I thought, Hmm, any change is good, you know, because if I'm just doing something psychological and I'm feeling worse, something's happening here. And I think I was confronting a lot of stuff. And then I kind of came through that after a week or so. And I was like, yeah, I'm definitely better. Um, and I just felt better in my own skin, really. Like 
I started doing, you know, I was doing these long meditations, really committing to just calming down my overactive nervous system. I'm very much seeing it in those terms. Um, and it was huge. Yeah. It's, uh, not just for the disease as well. It's almost, it's almost if that is possible deeper than that in that you just feel better as a human being and you think, and this is acceptance comes with it with actually I'm okay in my own skin right now, even though I'm not like perfect, my health's not perfect. Like I feel okay today. And that's crazy that you can feel like that when you have such a debilitating illness, but you, but you can, um, oh, I could at least I can't speak for everyone. And then yeah, that was, that was big and. I know this topic makes people so angry sometimes because it feels like it's invalidating the medical nature of the disease or like it means they're faking it. And that's all part of this false mind body paradigm. I think that we're in as a society where if the origin of something is your personality or the person, the construct, which you call your personality, then it's not real. But what Gabo Mate and you won't, I think what you kind of say is that a lot of disease, perhaps most disease comes from these constructs we call our personalities, which we develop over the years as reactions to our traumatic environment that we're in. Um, and we run away from feeling the feelings that this trauma kind of puts into our body. And we, there's the most confronting them is almost too hard. So we we do exercise or they, you know, with a very pathological mindset or we, we do things which distract us. You know, we drink, like I drank a lot and to distract myself from the anxiety I felt being around other people and anything to just not feel those feelings to distract. And then they end up harbored in the body and cause medical problems. And I mean, it's not just chronic fatigue. I don't think that. I'm in my thirties and the number of people I know my age that have some kind of chronic health condition, like arthritis or uh, chronic pain or some kind of issue is just frankly weird. Um, it's not how things traditionally were, I don't think, you know, and I just think that's the lack of safety people are feeling in, in the world today for many, many reasons. And I think that toxicity and the chemical aspect does have a contributing uh, a part to play you know if we have very high heavy metal levels i don't think it helps but i don't think that's the main thing i can get i know that because i've got quite high heavy metal levels now i've tested it very recently and i still feel better than i ever have you know so yes it's probably not helping my health but it's not the debilit for me at least not the debilitating factor i think the the way of seeing the world day by day and holding a level of stress is the main thing and perhaps 80% at least of the equation and perhaps the other 20% is, you know, healthy diet and other things which can help facilitate that mindset, you know. Wow. Wow. Yeah. You said a lot of stuff. Sorry. Yeah. I'm just uh, talking a lot. And uh, yeah, beautiful. And, um, and I think as well that when you have had a proper release, stress release, and you notice that the symptoms wind down immediately or slowly over time, then you'll know these symptoms can't have anything to do with, you know, heavy metal detoxes and everything. And that was a road that I was stuck on for so many years. Then it was heavy metal, then it was viruses. But eventually 
none of that stuff really worked for me long-term. It maybe had sort of a placebo effect. That's what I think sometimes. But the real work was inside of me and being okay to be sick, what you said as well. That was such a beautiful step. Okay, I don't have to do anything. I feel horrible, but somehow it's okay. Yeah. And it's amazing that you meant that. And I think one thing we were just talking about before the interview, but is that you don't have to be perfect. You don't have to do everything 100%. You can hold some trauma in your body and still be well. And I'm not, I have a result, you know, I've been doing this for a year now and I'm scratching the surface, you know, of, of all the things and the, it feels like I used to explore the world and now I feel like I explore internally and as, and it's equally if not more amazing. And, um, yeah, I think that just some progress can have an absolutely huge impact and I still catch myself daily in pressurizing myself in thought loops, you know, of it needs to be now, I need to do that thing now. And then I, through just so much meditation, I've kind of trained myself to catch those thought loops and just become aware at the right moment before I go too far into it and identify with it too much, um, at which point it's very hard. But if you catch it early, you can kind of go, oh, I'm pressurizing myself again. Like how important is this thing? What will actually happen if I don't do it this week? Will anything explode? You know, probably not. So yeah, I think it's a gradual process of changing a personality through noticing the old personality kicking in and kind of the more you retrain the other way, the more that becomes your personality because personality is kind of a habit that you've just has been convenient for you in the past and has definitely ceased to be convenient if you have chronic fatigue because, <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you know, it was, that's the problem with the body is it doesn't, it can turn things on for convenience, but it doesn't always turn them off when that's convenient. Yeah. Boy. And we met when you were already in the 12th module of the, yeah. uh, of the program. Yeah. And I think we had three coaching sessions. And how did your life, um, how did your life change from there? I'm, uh, I, I sometimes hesitate way too long before taking steps like that. And I sort of felt really nervous looking into sessions and then I just had no idea what to expect. It wasn't like a modality I was familiar with, you know, and then we did it and yeah, it was, it was things you said that perhaps just helped push me in the right direction and really stuck with me. You said, you know, one thing you said is just like, there's nothing actually wrong with you. It's just almost like a belief in your brain, you know, or like a switch or fuse or something, which has set you on this path, but there's nothing in your body, which is physically wrong at the root, you know? All these, all the things which are wrong are kind of expressions of this initial cause. Um, and that really helped. I just thought there's actually nothing wrong with me. So when I started feeling little bits of fatigue after I'd been, I was getting more and more active, I'd feel a little fatigue. Traditionally, I would have gone, oh my God, yeah, there's the house of cards falling down, tired now, screwed. And then the fear would come in and I would be tired. What I would do is I would, uh, so I'd push myself a bit, I'd go cycle or something. Um, and then I'd come back and I'd, my body would be, I'd, I'd feel that sympathetic activation, that kind of fizziness on my skin and, and I think, okay, my body is a little 
my nervous system's a little freaked out, but there's nothing wrong with me. This is just part of the, of the process of getting better. And so I would just meditate or do some visualization or tapping or something to, to bring that, that activation down. And I was like, after five minutes, sometimes I go, well, I feel completely normal, feel completely fine again, you know, and I've just managed to bring that, that activation down. Whereas before I might've freaked out subconsciously maybe, and then gone, gone, um, far more fatigued feeling like I'd almost deserved it for having done so much activity. Like, okay, is the inevitable down. And then I realized I wasn't inevitable that actually just pushing yourself outside of your energy zone and then bringing it, bringing down that nervous system activation is the actual way of, is the main way I see of getting better. If you stay too far in your, in your comfort zone, which I did for about a year, then you, you feel okay where you are, but you almost have this fear of taking a step over the edge. And I think you need to take little steps over continuously, notice the symptoms, bring them down, and then you're retraining your nervous system to tolerate like mild exercise and stuff. And then, and then it increases. And it, it sounds, I know when you talk about that, suspiciously like the classic strategy of uh, pacing, but it's not, it's a bit different than pacing. Um, it's because the, the, the real work is done in calming that nervous system reaction as it occurs and then moving forwards, um, not just a sort of measuring exercise and then resting rest. I don't actually think is particularly useful to getting better. Um, we all need to rest and there's times when you do need to, but I don't think it's like I've done a certain amount of activity. Now I need to rest for a day in order to be okay to do some more activity is not necessarily the case. And that belief could be kind of damaging and limiting. And I, I definitely learned that from your, from your course and, and your way of thinking. Great. Yeah. And I remember that I think in our final session we had, uh, we talked about doing things in little blocks and then after a little block to some, just a few minutes of, of stress release. Oh, yeah. yeah, all the tools. And then I didn't hear from you for a while. So I'm sure that, I hope that worked. <laughs> it really did in a really big way. in fact, as well, I wasn't, I was working and I was almost feeling like I needed to quit my job. I work online. Um, and I felt I need to quit my job because I'm not dedicating myself. I'm not putting 110% into getting better. And I know I can do all this work and it's going to help me. And then you helped me reframe it and sort of said, just take a step back every half an hour and do five or 10 minutes, just like some small thing. And then you get this internal sense of, well, I got this internal sense of progress of I am, doesn't have to be five hours meditation per day necessarily. And you know, it can be small moments of just interrupting perhaps when you, you know, your stress might be kind of ramping up as the day goes through. And then you just go, right, take a break, 10 minutes, do one of the interventions, like the shaking therapy, the TRE that you advocate, which was great on the tapping, meditation, visualization, hypnosis, um, trauma release work, so many options of things to do. And you can, once you've done it so many times, you can do it pretty quickly and get results in maybe 10 minutes or 15. So that was huge. Just, uh, gave me a sense of kind of control over, over the trajectory of, of getting better. Um, and I think that was kind of the final piece is first of all, you just say, you're not sick. You're actually, you're actually okay. Um, and it's just calming that, that 
I learned down. And then it was the, the next bit was just the small moments throughout the day. Um, yeah, I, th I think it depends where people are in their, in their illness, how much to do and how much will be beneficial and how, and how much time they have. And it's always a bit of a balance between trying to sustain yourself, <clears throat> you know, working and doing what you need to do and then committing yourself to your health that, um, yeah, it doesn't have to be absolutely all or nothing. I think, you know, don't, it doesn't have to be all day meditating or going on a retreat for six months as much as I would love to do that. <laughs> it's just, <laughs> yeah, we can do it in our daily, daily life at home. Although sometimes home is a scary place, you know, because that's where you've been tired all the time. I moved as well about six months ago, uh, abroad and I've been wanting to do it for years and years and I'm in a warm climate now and a lot of the, the place where I would spend most of my really sick months and years is sort of, I don't go there. So it's it's a new context and a new reality and a, and a much more joyful one. And I associate it with being quite well. And I think that that's significant for me. Um, the, the lifestyle, which I have now is, is joyful. And I remember we've discussed this before of one, another one of those moments when I realized there was some psychology going on, I was still quite unwell, but I managed to get myself to, to Tenerife after around a year and a half of being ill. And I got into like a crystal clear ocean in December in Tenerife and swam for about one minute. And I thought, whoa, this is really risky, you know, nothing happened. So I was like, okay, the next day I got in and I completely forgot about that limitation of one minute. And I ended up swimming for about 15 minutes. By the end of the holiday, I was, I'd swum for about, I don't know, maybe over half an hour. And I thought, wow, it's crazy. You know, I felt a bit activated afterwards, but. I knew I was on holiday and I just lay back and watched some TV and relaxed and didn't, didn't care too much. Um, then I came back to my old reality and went basically back to the level I was at after a few days. And that, that was another one of those moments that I remembered when I started listening to your content and talking to you and thought, oh yeah, that makes sense. And then you, you talked about a similar instance when you went on holiday and, and felt miraculously better. And then quite the reverse when you went back. Yes. Yeah. And, and I'm also living in a warm climate just because it's nice. And, uh, last week I was at, I was in, uh, for some reason I was, uh, on a retreat in the exact village where I used to have chronic fatigue syndrome for so many years and everything was a big stressor. So, uh, fortunately we did some breath work in the, in the retreat and then I let go of that as well. So now I don't associate that old home anymore with the, with my scariest place. So now I can, I can just go there without being triggered. Really? It was sort of on my mind. Will they trigger something? Yeah. I don't think, yeah, you're right. You can, you can, what is harder maybe when you're in that triggering environment, but you can overcome it. So it's not like you have to move. It just, it might help in some cases. It might be a nice thing, but if it's not an option, there's, you know, you can overcome those, those triggers. Yeah. Hey, and then, uh, last week you sent me an email that, with some pictures that you were uh, with your dog and your bicycle on the way. So yeah. then, uh, I was like, wow, can you tell me a little bit about that adventure? 
So yeah, do you, I remember, I don't know if you remember, I was asking you about sports and I'm saying, am I going to be able to do sports again? And being, I thought maybe I'm going to get better, but am I going to be better enough for sports? And that was a huge thing in my head, you know? And I, and like my mom got better, but she doesn't do sports. So I don't know whether, you know, I, if she did it, she'd be okay still. And I was thinking that's something so important for me throughout my life is his physical activity and adventure and sport. And I had to just accept I didn't know. Um, and now I started, I had my bike just sat here. I don't know why I brought it here optimistically. And then it was just sat in the corner and never used it. And I picked it up one day, cycled for 10 minutes and felt okay. And it was another one of those building up things, you know, where it went very quickly now. I started 10 minutes, half an hour, an hour. And we went on a, my wife and I went on a bike tour with a dog in a trailer behind us. And I, again, I, this is just a week ago and I, you know, that's a new level of activity for me. I had no idea what was going to happen. And we cycled outside of town and we've been cycling for about an hour and we sat in a coffee shop and I felt really sympathetically activated. I, uh, sat down and I could feel my skin fizzing. And I thought first, my first thought was like, oh, the gig's up. I'm going to have to go home. It's over. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to sit here for just 10 minutes. And I'm going to calm down this activation. It doesn't matter if we carry on or not. It's great that we got this far, you know, like I'm out with the dog, the bike in a coffee shop in the middle of nowhere. And it went away, you know, like in about 10, 20 minutes. So it was like, okay, I feel, feel good now. Then cycled all day for the next three days, dragging like, I don't know, 30, 30 kilos or something, my 10 kilo dog and then 20 kilos in backpacks. Um, by the third day, I was go we were going up like quite steep hills in the mountains down down the south of where I live. And um I just thought, my God, you know, this is like feel I, I felt the joy flowing through me that I used to get from adventure and just yeah, can't I can't describe how how amazing I felt. Uh that for me is like what I what I always wanted to get back to was that feeling of flow in nature using my body and yeah, I, where I'm at now, I mean, it's hard to say, like, I don't know, I wouldn't necessarily go out now and run 10 miles, you know, I, I'm, te I'm treating it like moving my boundaries upwards. Um, I don't know where the limits are, but I'm really happy with my life right now and what I can do. And I don't mind if I need to have like a restful day. Um, to do that and it's easy to forget that like everyone kind of needs a restful day as well you know it's not like everyone does stuff every single day of the week and so yeah it's I feel very balanced and um yeah I think there's still loads and loads of work to do but the I guess the important thing is I don't need to be have done everything perfectly in order to live a really great life so amazing and then well thank you very much for doing this interview Phil cheers Daniel and uh, oh, maybe do you have one more tip for uh, for people who are listening? Let me think. I would say try with an open mind. Try all the different. Um, don't just try meditation. Try tapping. Try trauma work. Try confronting the emotions and with visualization and all of these things and circulate them and. I think you need different things in different moments, maybe as well. And, uh, yeah, I just think the more different things you can try, the, the better and 
not to get locked in too much to like one model, like only meditating for an hour a day, for example. In my mind, it would be better to do, to try more things and not stick in your head to having to do it for a fixed time necessarily, like an hour. Just make it fit into your life in a, in a kind of flowing way. Great. Well, thank you. Thank thanks you very, very much, Phil. And thanks everyone for watching or listening.